So I wind up in the middle of Tanzania, Africa, buck naked, with just a knife, with military leadership, you know, lead from the front, lead by example, and lead with your heart. Remember, you're, it's, it's a really people good. business. Yeah. Survival situation, there's always one more thing you can do. Never give up, keep the hope. If there's a wall in front of you and you can't get over it, can't go around it, you can't go under it, then you go through it and you find a way. It's a battle you bring home. Mm. You come off the battlefield, you're fighting this thing, and some people you don't even know they have it. Hey guys, welcome to The Survival Show Podcast. I'm David, finally, finally back from a packed out schedule where I've been working on a lot of cool new stuff for you guys. I was at SHOT Show, and I am back and ready to go. Thanks for joining me. One huge thing I've been working on is the Tiny Survival Guide project on Kickstarter. And since that's been a huge success, I've been working on the Tiny Survival Gear store, which is now live at tinysurvivalgear.com. And a lot of you guys have been asking how you can help support this particular podcast and Craig and I. It's a win-win situation. If you go over to tinysurvivalgear.com, you can get some cool gear that we have worked on that you are going to love that will fit in your wallet. So you've probably noticed that I, not Craig, am flying solo today, but we will be doing some podcasts together next week. Today, I am really excited to let you in on a very up-and-close personal conversation I recently had with one of the toughest and most gentle men I know, E.J. Snyder. E.J. is a sergeant major in the Army Rangers with multiple combat tours. He's a SEER instructor, a three-time star of Naked and Afraid host of Dual Survival on the Discovery Channel, and he's starring in the just-released new show where he's racing explorer Ed Stafford through the jungle of Thailand on the Discovery Channel show, First Man Out. Go check that out. The episode is up now. So let's get into this interview with my good friend, E.J. Snyder. Okay, guys, I'm here with my special guest, E.J. Snyder. E.J., thanks for being with me, man. Man, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. You and I have developed a friendship uh, over the years that I really appreciate. Um, and I appreciate what you're doing in the survival community. And, uh, you know, we think alike. Our minds are quite the same. So I'm, I'm really excited about being here and uh, talking with you today. Thanks, man. And we're going to talk about mindset. That's really good that you even mentioned that. Yeah. Being on the same page there. And uh, if you guys aren't familiar with E.J., then... Gosh, I don't know. You you don't have a have social media or a TV or anything because you've done a few things. <laughs> yeah, I kind of would rather be in the woods talking to squirrels and trees. But <laughs> if anyone wants to find out about me, you go to my website at www.ejsnyder.com. Go to Facebook, EJ Skullcrusher Snyder. Don't come to my personal page. I'm booked. Uh, but like it there. I post everything on Twitter and Instagram. It's at EJ Snyder three three three. LinkedIn. It's EJ Snyder. But uh, I post everything that's going on, try to keep you updated, and uh, there's a lot of stuff going on that yeah. we'll talk about. So, EJ, just a, a quick overview. EJ, you were, I, I don't know what you're most known for, but correct me if I'm wrong, there's Naked and Afraid, you were on Dual Survival, yeah. you, um, uh, I know you're ex-military, Ranger, yeah. right? We'll talk a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, you've got some shows, you just showed me a preview of a show that's coming out. Yeah. Sometime. I don't know when. Uh, it comes out the end of the month. January 31st is the first episode. So oh, this year? It's, yeah, this year. It's okay. Thursday night at 10 o'clock on Discovery Channel. And what's it called? And it's called First Man Out with okay. Ed Stafford. Gosh, the, and there's a there's a clip that you can get on YouTube or something? Yeah, it's see. on YouTube. I just posted it to my social medias, and you can go watch it. It's, That's uh, really cool. It's really Look. gripping. And the, the greatest thing, and we can talk about this a little later, is yeah. it was filmed in 4K. First oh, time that awesome. a show like this, where it's survival adventure, is filmed like an action movie. Yep, that's awesome. You got some food. I mean, he started yep. pulling out this food. We'll talk a little bit about that. And you've got the knife that you do uh, with tops, right? And you've got a smaller version, which is kind of interesting. So let's get into this. You ready to get okay, into this? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so... Tell me a little bit about your backstory. Uh, tell me, you know, some of the roots that you feel comfortable sharing. Yeah, no problem. And, uh, you know, how you, uh, maybe your pedigree and survival and tactical things. Let's okay. just start there. So basically, uh, of all surprising things, I grew up in North Jersey. Grew up in a Did lot you really? of... Yeah. Well, you know, I, did, I, I didn't... I know you live somewhere down south now, and, and I don't didn't detect that accent, right? The problem... <laughs> yeah, well, the accent's a funny thing, because 
as a kid, I was into acting and drama. And one of the things I loved doing was mimicking uh, actors and other people's voices and accents. Okay. So what happened is everywhere I moved, I wherever I went, I started talking like whoever was there. If this is in Hawaii, if I went to Hawaii, I'd say, hey, no camera. You know, I'd start talking pigeon like my Hawaiian friends because uh, I was there for eight years. And okay. I would catch myself doing that. It's no insult to them. It's just an endearing thing that happens. And so yeah. I'm down south in Louisiana. I might wind up talking to them. Like, okay, so you, might not, you might need some flip dials on anyway. So it's just something I did that happened. So I did grow up in New Jersey. My folks got divorced when I was very young. Mm. And so I was left a lot of times so with my mom working three jobs. Me and my kid brother just getting into some trouble. Mm. So we wound up in some day camps and stuff like that, which really helped us. But the biggest thing in my childhood that led me into a lot of outdoor stuff was my dad, who took us uh, out on the weekends, hunting, trapping, camping, fishing. And I got a love for the outdoors. So when they come back to the city areas, I'd find myself down near the river where the marsh area was, playing right, right. in the woods, bringing water moccasins home because I thought they'd make great pets and <laughs> stuff like that. That and, doesn't um, surprise no. me. <laughs> so in school, I got bullied as a kid. And Did you really? It, it was very surprising. I wasn't always the skull crusher. I was like a twig snapper at one point. Okay. And I really hmm. did not like what happened. It wasn't just one kid. It was like six kids. And so I can't imagine what kids go through these days with oh, social media and oh, all yeah. the peer pressure. So I'm a big anti-bully advocate. And the way I dealt with it was I learned to get self-confidence through building my self-defenses up okay. physically. So that if I felt, you know, my mother said, don't, you'll never throw the first punch. But if you get hit, you can, it's okay. So I don't condone the fighting, but I got that rule. You know, she told me that. So my stepdad was a boxer, so I learned some boxing from him. School was teaching me wrestling. I couldn't afford karate classes, but my friends could. So when they came home from whatever they did, Taekwondo, <laughs> Judo, Jiu-Jitsu, teach me what you learned. And so I developed this you know, unique style, which is now called MMA, but this is back in the, in the you know, 70s. fusion of a bunch yeah. of different styles, yeah. And so I, I, you know, one day I had to stand up for myself, and um, you know, it, was, it was a great movement for me. And then after that, I was a defender of bullies. So, or, or, or kids that got kids bullies. That were weaker, yeah, yeah, sorry. On. So I would go to their aid and try to defuse that because I was a bigger kid and okay. I started you growing into my and muscles. You had, you started and growing, like, yeah. Oh, you're a small Sasquatch. And, and then, the, isn't it funny? Like the kids that were big, you know, before puberty, yeah. they weren't necessarily the biggest no. kids anymore. <laughs> so I, yeah. So I went on through life uh, to a point, and uh, I got to where I was 19, and my mom's like, "What are you gonna do for a living? What do you want to do for your life?" And I'm like. We had no way of understanding how to pay for college. So I was like, I want to be an actor. She's like, no, you'll starve. That's a bad idea. I'm like, well, you're my mom. you got to support me. And we just wrangled over it, and I wound up joining the Army. And so at 19, I joined the Army, okay. went into the uh, military and served 25 years. Uh, was in the 82nd Airborne, went to the 91 Gulf War with them. Uh, went to Ranger School in 88, learned some basic survival at Ranger School, which really kind of got my gears going. And I was in the infantry, so I was out, always outside. Uh, in 96, I was a Ranger instructor down in Florida. Uh, for three years, I was the primary instructor at the Survival Round Robin training and tracking. So I went to a man tracking course, and then I went to the Army Survival School, which they call SEER, and I got hooked. And so after that point, I started really was into teaching survival to the soldiers, and I wanted to teach anybody around me so that they could take care of themselves if bad days came. Mm -hmm. I went back to the Gaul, uh, to Iraq in 2004 for 15 months for another tour uh, on combat duty. Uh, retired at 25 years as a Sergeant Major. And right after that, I was kind of doing some acting and stunt work on the side. I was on the TV show Lost of All Things. Um, Were you really? Yeah, I was. Okay. I was a I freighter boat mercenary sub-character <laughs> named Redfern. Go watch it. I got a flat top, all camouflaged up, see if you can recognize me. That's awesome. And I did some oh. like stand-in work for Kevin Durant. It was, it was fun. I was okay. trying to get into a, find another career, which I thought military tech advising. I did a show for the History Channel called Patent 360. It was on all 10 episodes. Okay. I did some commentating. Um, and so you can see me there if you ever, it's on DVD or whatever. It's, it's pretty fun. cool. So I, I love Pat and he's just a great leader and a warrior. So I really enjoyed that. And so I was like, I want to do more TV. So I moved to North Carolina, got a contract job teaching SEER for five years as a contractor. And uh, all of a sudden, I so was this applying. Is after you retired? After you, I retired. Okay. And so I was doing some. I loved Survivor. Yeah. So I applied for that show many times, 18 probably. Finally gave me the call, <laughs> made the show. I'm a New York Giants fan. So after I make the, the final cast, 
They replaced me with Jimmy Johnson, who was a Survivor superfan, the, the football coach. I said, you can't do that to me. I'm a New York Giants fan. He's a Dallas Cowboy coach. <laughs> but I get it. E.J. Snyder, Jimmy Johnson, Super Bowl winner coach. Right, I get right, it. Right, yeah. So from there, a lot of casting directors started finding out who I was, and Discovery recruited me to go to Dual Survival. Mm-hmm. I tried out. When was that? What year? Uh, what 2012. Okay. And it was to replace uh, one of the original hosts. Okay. So I tried out with four other guys. Uh, they picked another guy. It was down to me and another guy, and they picked him over me. And so they said, we'll call you. I'm thinking, oh, whatever. So then, uh, side note, I won't get into it, but Big Brother called me the audition. I hated it. I was like, I don't want nothing to do with your show. And I didn't get on that one, but they put me on a show called 72 Hours, which was a survival adventure race, three teams of three, racing to find a $100,000 briefcase that was 42 miles away or whatever. Crazy show. Oh, wow. Had two people with me that... You know, okay, maybe shouldn't have been out here, but I dragged them <laughs> along. If you can find it, 72 hours, the Fijian, uh, Fiji episode, uh, Fijian jungle. Amazing time. And mm. I was hooked. And then Discovery calls me as soon as I get out of the jungle. Hey, uh, we got this new crazy show. You're going to love it. I'm like, uh, what is it? Well, it's extreme survival with very little. You'll love it. Not <laughs> very, get, very little. Not, they didn't get yeah, too many details. They didn't get too many there, details. Right? So it sounded like every meeting was like strip poker. They were pulling another piece of gear away from you. And next thing you know, you're down to your underwear. And you get out there and like, what's the name of this show anyway? Oh, it's Naked Afraid. That's a stupid title. Nobody's going to watch that show. <laughs> Naked Afraid. Oh, it's just a working title. We'll never call it that. I'm like, you should call it Bear Survival. Play on words. That makes that's, that's clever, right? And they're like, oh, we'll write it down. So I wind up in the <laughs> middle of Tanzania, Africa, buck naked with just a knife waiting to see my partner, who was also naked, and she brought a pot. And we filmed the very first episode of what Naked Afraid. I brought a uh, K-Bar Combat Tanto Blade, which in the military I used to carry a Bowie knife all the Good time. Choice. But I needed lighter gear, so I decided to switch knives to that combat fighting knife and figured it would double as a survival knife. Mm-hmm. Well, during that time, it broke. I was tough on it. K-Bar is a great company, make great equipment. My fault. Still. You use the tool beyond its... Yeah, still I couldn't have that happen again. So as soon as I came back, we can talk about this later is why I designed it, or we can go into it now. But I went on to film Naked Afraid, called back after three people quit the Amazon and went out and did a second 21 days. And then I went to did the 40 days in Colombia with the six men, six women. So first man to do it three times. Then got called up again to go back and do dual survival season seven with Jeff. And now I'm on first man out. So I know that's kind of long, but at 53 years old, I'm still kicking. That's awesome, man. And that's so, awesome. And so we can talk that, about the story of that later. That, but that's a really that's a really compelling story. I mean, just just rewinding the whole bully thing. I mean, I was yeah. I was bullied as a younger child too, and um, you know I appreciate your advo- advocacy against that. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to key in on something because I think this is a, a detriment to our society, a detriment to men, a detriment to the way we are humanity in a sense, but it's online bullying. Mm. I, I, you probably, because you're on social media, uh, the comments that people give at times, yeah. they would never say to you to your face. They would nope. never look you in the eye. And it used to be, you know, it was like the, the respect of a man. Yeah. If you can't look a man in the eye and say what you're going to say, then, you know, or if you do and you say the wrong thing, something's going to happen there, right? Yep. Um, do you have anything to say about this whole so- social media online? Yeah, like, uh, I, I really you know, do. Even the swarming they do sometimes. Yeah. You get 50 thumbs down all of a sudden because somebody somewhere said, hey, you know, EJ's on there, thumbs down them, or whatever it is, yeah. you know? I haven't had a lot of bad experiences. Yep. I have mostly have had positive in my social media. Yep. I don't tolerate the negative. I'll block you in a minute. I don't want you around. The, right. I don't do negativity. So what I see is a lot of faceless avatars or little chickens or whatever they put up there for their face, and they want to be strong. And like you said, I like what you said. Say it to my face. If you can't say it to my face, don't say it. Same thing with posting. Right. It, it, they don't understand that the thing you write or say, if a, if a kid or a person is on the edge, right. you could push them over the edge to right. doing something drastic, that, yep. and you're responsible for that. Yep. So people need to use responsibility in social media. They need to understand that, you know, I look at 
both sides, the person getting bullied and then the bully themselves, what mm -hmm. are they going through that caused them to do this? Right. So it's a, it's a two-pronged problem, but we obviously have to help the one that's getting bullied first because they're the right. victim. Right. Yep. And we don't know if the bully's a victim of something, but we do know the, 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 the victim's the victim. And so it's really tough. Yeah. And so I would say to kids out there, if somebody's doing this to you, whether it's in person or social media, let somebody know. It's okay. It takes personal courage to step up and do that. Yep. But they're online. They can't hurt you. Right. They can't hurt you. It's, it's words. You. Right. And so just block them. Don't listen to them. They might, oh, but they'll still be talking about me. But so what? Right. If, it's, if you don't see it and can't hear it, and then if your friends are telling you about it, then you got to deal with that. But right. a good friend wouldn't do that to you. That's right. And they would defend you. And so it's a tough subject. Yeah. And, it, and it's, it's a longer subject that we have time to get into yeah. here. But... I think that's um, a really good overview of, of actually some some things for some of our, our younger listeners and anybody, you yeah. know, because the bullying goes on. It doesn't matter if it's on Facebook, yep. you know, for women about a post picture they yeah. post or, or whatever. So I think this is, I, was, I think you did a nice, like, scan over. Yeah, I have a show things. developed with uh, my Beach House production company in Singapore that right. we've pitched around. It's called Skull Crusher's Time Out. And what it is is oh, like me... That taking kids and going into their living room to have them put down the cell phones, turn, you forget your apps, get with me, mm -hmm. and take them out to the wild for adventures and some survival <laughs> stuff so they can learn some lessons out there to bring back home and use in the real day. Yeah, Because a lot of families are disconnected. They're all sitting on their respective devices. They go to dinner. If they do sit at the table, they still get their phones out or whatever. You know, families should do you a lot of good if you just take a basket out and put your damn cell phones on silent, stick them in there, and have yep. a meal together. Remember when kids used to go outside and play? They do what? <laughs> I mean, yeah, isn't it? Isn't they it used something? to do that. They used to do that. I yeah. used to love flipping over my bicycle handle bars and falling on my face on oh, the yeah, pavement. Yeah. That yeah. was great. Yeah, <laughs> that's why I look like this. So I want to fast forward from okay. that particular point a little right. bit, and uh, your military experience. All right. Okay. Some of the folks watching or listening, yeah. don't under, they don't know what SEER is. Can you just step us through what SEER okay. is and maybe some lessons, life lessons learned yeah. there that you can pass on right. uh, that, you, that you learned, what was compelling about that to you? Yeah. And, uh, you know, but just start with what is SEER? Okay, please. SEER stands for Survival, Evasion, Resistance, Escape. And uh, there's a SEER level C program. And you, all soldiers that are going to be behind enemy lines are, have to go through that training. Mm -hmm. And it teaches you how to survive behind enemy lines on several levels. Um, it teaches you about uh, the wilderness survival aspects, mm -hmm. how to get food, purify water, build a shelter. The thing with military survival uh, that we've, we have to remind them on, which becomes more mindset, is you have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. You may not get a hot right. meal that day. Right, right. You may not have a fire because you're always running from the enemy. Mm -hmm. So... You learn the regular survival, then you learn about having to tough it out because you can't do certain things because you get caught. So you have to do everything like a shadow. I mean, you, might, you might have to be in a hide under, yeah. underneath brush or yeah. covered with dirt for a day. And then we yeah. teach them how to uh, negotiate. Now, navigation is an important survival skill. Mm -hmm. It's left off the list. I think it's very key. Not just navigating yeah. by direction, stars, the moon, and whatever, uh, but also obstacles rivers, how do you get through a canyon. So we take them through an evasion thing. We put them in little pipes that are you know, 12, 14 inches wide. Yeah, I had to go through <laughs> for, for about a mile, mile snakes around. Maybe it's too much. I can't remember the distance, but you're in there. Conquering that'll, yourself fears. That'll wash out anybody who's claustrophobic yep, for sure. And, it's, yeah. and you learn about it. So we get them through the evasion part. We teach them methods of escaping, um, whether it's hot wiring cars or whatnot, how to pick locks. How to you know, improvise the skate. Yeah, that. get handcuffs off you, different rope ties, whatever. And then we get them in resistance training where we teach them how to resist um, enemies' techniques of um, Interrogation. interrogations and questioning and, and the, the, the things they do in those situations um, to keep you alive. It's about returning home with honor. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's how to you know, give up certain, you know, to protect yourself and your friends. Mm -hmm. And so through that whole process... Uh, when the soldier graduates, they've been through everything that's all aspects of SEER. And so I went back and taught there because I thought it was such an important, uh, important uh, program. Mm -hmm. One of the best schools I ever went through that you love to hate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So from that, what, what is maybe the best and the worst uh, 
experiences that you had there and lessons learned? Best experiences as far as the military? Uh, as far as the military or SEER. Well, SEER, the biggest thing is you learn a lot about yourself, okay. what you can take. Yeah, let's key in on that. Uh, mindset, how tough you can be inside yourself and what mm -hmm. the mind can push the body to do mm -hmm. um, and beyond that. Um, some of the worst things is you, you, know, you have to uh, settle with yourself on some things because you get sleep, some sleep deprivation stuff going on, some other things because you're just you're being chased for a few days and you're trying to eat food and you're not, not well fed, could be cold, mm -hmm. you know, and you just get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Uh, as far as the military goes, um, it, it taught me a great mindset and I've pulled a lot of that over into my survival style. Um, you know, it's... In the military, you, you develop a, a way of being. There's a code. It's the warrior ethos. You develop the warrior spirit. Um, you, you have to go do some you know, pretty harsh things mm -hmm. you know, to keep our country safe and defended, mm -hmm. and you have to be okay with that. And a lot of folks can't. We've got a terrible crisis that I'm a big supporter of in PTSD and, and military suicides. Mm -hmm. 22 a day is way too many. I tell all my uh, guys out there, hey, reach out. Have you heard from so-and-so? We recently just lost um, a good soldier of mine, Santiago Frias, mm. lost his battle fighting. It's, it's a battle you bring home. Mm. You come off the battlefield, you're fighting this thing. And some people, you don't even know mm. they have it. And I tell you guys out there, if you got it, you're dealing with PTSD and you're thinking crazy thoughts, just reach out to somebody and talk to them. Mm -hmm. Get the help. It's out there. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's, Do you have any organizations you can recommend that can help these guys? Uh, Mission 22. It's one of my, okay. one of my big ones for, for military suicide. There's multiple. Have you heard of Canines for Warriors at all? I have heard of Canines for Warriors, okay. yep. and, yeah. And I'm big into service dogs helping mm -hmm. a lot because yep. it's amazing what those animals can do for somebody. Yep. And, and how many veterans I see uh, are, are doing okay it, by that. It seems like a really good order. That's one that we're going to uh, give back to through the uh, oh, nice. Tiny Guide well, That's project. awesome. Yeah. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. And so from the military, it, what I brought back out of there was it was about having a mindset that you can do anything you set your mind to. If there's a wall in front of you and you can't, go, you can't get over it, can't go around it, you can't go under it, then you go through it and you find a way. And, there's, and I tell everyone in a survival situation, there's always one more thing you can do. Never give up, keep the hope. And what I brought from the military is that instinct. Trust your gut, trust your instinct. So when you're walking out there and you're trying to survive, and there's a snake or there's something there, you know, you can sense those things. Mm -hmm. So trust that. Yep. So I, this, this brings, I think, perfectly up to uh, your personal motto. Okay. Okay. Uh, can you share with us your personal motto, what it means, and okay. why, do you, why you have it? Mine is two esponte superstars. You know, because the Rangers is, is uh, of their own accord. Yes. Okay. Mine is survive by your own will. Because Rangers lead the way, sua sponte, Rangers. Uh, and that's why I wanted something similar to give back to my heritage in the military. And so two of Sponte Superstars survive by your own will. Mm -hmm. And so that's very important because I think that will inside you, that's why babies in these earthquakes, you know, these little toddlers you hear about two weeks, they dig them out. It's that will to live. Mm. You never mm -hmm. give that up, mm -hmm. no matter what. Mm -hmm. You hang on to that. That's why guys like John McCain sat in a POW camp in North Vietnam and we're able to sit in two years in solitary confinement, never speaking to a single person. Just that will to live, never giving up. Mm -hmm. And it's important. Mm -hmm. So can you maybe translate that out to uh, simply some things that people can do in their own, own lives, maybe things that they would face and how they can apply that? Yeah, it's, uh, mindset in, is about yeah, mindset. staying positive. Mm -hmm. Whatever you're facing, it could be, um, let's say you're facing a life-threatening illness. You know, you know, if you, you got to stay positive through those things, and, and what things can you do to kind of help make that situation better and combat mm -hmm. it? You got family, supportive loved ones around you. Uh, you can meditate and go to mm -hmm. yoga. You can different things you can do. If you're facing addiction or, or doing tough in school or whatever, you flip your mindset to a positive. What can I do? Who can help me? And how do I go from point A to point B? Mm -hmm. Yep. So negatives are always going to come into the equation. Yep. Maybe that's the biggest thing. I think a lot of people just, those negative thoughts, the negative comment that somebody right. made, the things that never are going to ever happen, mm -hmm. but people have decided in their mind that they're going to fail. Can you just speak to like that mindset as far as how do you deal with negative situations, negative right. people, negative thoughts? Yeah, negativity is just, a, it's like a cancer. 
-hmm. and it gets contagious and, and I just I really just I cut it out <laughs> it's like a cancer you just got to cut it out mm -hmm. you just can't have it so if you see a lot of if you're getting a lot of for instance on social media a lot of negative feeds like fake news and whatever unfollow that link mm -hmm. don't let that come up in your face if you see a negative how can I flip it to a positive mm -hmm. what can I what can thankfulness? I do thankfulness so would you put some thankfulness in there thankfulness what am I thankful be for? grateful you look around you mm -hmm. That may be negative, but what do you have that's positive? Right. Displace it. Yes, and, and it's, it's, it's what I do. It's, I sit there and I meditate every day and I think about all the things I'm thankful for. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank mm -hmm. you, God. And, um, you know, I look at what one thing can I start with for the day mm -hmm. that will get me set in the right thing. And so meditating, saying a prayer, mm -hmm. feeling the sun on my face, mm -hmm. making a smile. Yeah, I, you know, say, oh, tough guy. I say, I do these things to make keep it right because I believe in if you put positive light into your body, uh, mm -hmm. very you know very I'm very spiritually connected. It will heal you. It'll heal your ills. It'll heal your soul. Mm -hmm. And if you're a positive light, it's it's impossible for darkness to stay around light. Mm -hmm. It's impossible. There's even light and darkness. Mm -hmm. It just needs help coming out. Mm -hmm. And that's the way I feel about it. Can you speak to leadership a lot? You've done several tours of duty. Yeah. Um, they're in very rough and stre stressful situations. Can you just talk, just pick anything as far as leadership yeah. goes? And, and With leadership, I always told everybody, for me, I always led from my heart. Mm -hmm. I looked at my troops as if they were my kids. So I had to give them tough love at times. Sometimes I had to love their family more than they did for punishment. But I always treated them kind, with fairness mm -hmm. and, and firmly. Mm -hmm. But... I rewarded them when they deserved it. And mm -hmm. people would say, man, these guys, you, you, they love, must love pain. Why do they follow you? They will follow you to the gates <laughs> of hell. And it's like, because I treat them like they should be treated, with respect and dignity, and I, and I get in their, in their, in their backsides when, when it's needed. Mm -hmm. And that way, if I, I, you can't, you don't do good being soft on people when you go to war. Mm -hmm. you, right. you got, you, right. You're better off being hard on them, so when the things that come at them is hard, it's okay. They understand that. And so we, our society has become very coddling of, of people and kids and, mm -hmm. and, and different things. And I don't think you do them any favors by going soft on them. Mm -hmm. It's just it. So with military leadership, you know, lead from the front, lead by example, and lead with your heart. Remember, you're, it's, it's a really people good. business. Yeah. We, we're not a computer. We've gotten so, in the military, it used to be face-to-face. I'll come, right. get, come see you and we'll talk. I'll get, or a phone call was like secondary. It was kind of considered impersonable. Right. Now a phone call is more personable because you're doing email. Hey, right. I'll text you. Right. What? Let's go meet and have a coffee. Right. Let's interact. We're humans. Yes. We're communal species. Yes. Let's look each other in the eye. So we got to get together. Yeah. Good. Uh, here's one just off the cuff. Yeah. So how can people show their appreciation? I know to, uh, to veterans, to people that are yeah. currently serving, because I know there's kind of like, uh, and I understand this, you know, because I spent a little, I, I have no, yeah. no great, I was in the military long before we got into these conflicts. Mm -hmm. um, I was just simply willing to serve, and, you know, every once in a while somebody will say, thank you for service. Yeah. And I know some guys take offense to that. And I, my, my take on that is not necessarily to take offense, but they're, but they're like... They're humbled by it. They're humbled by it because they're doing, it's their... Duty. Honor and duty, yes. so they don't even think that they expect any thanks. Am I yeah. right in yeah, that? Yeah, you're exactly right. From a military guy's mindset, it's I'm doing my job. I I purposely gave up my rights, right. my my rights that are in the Constitution for to, to be a soldier, right. and not have some rights, you know, for you to keep your freedoms. Mm -hmm. So we do it without you know without question, selflessly. Right. So for us to thank us for something we decided to do selflessly, it's just, it's hard to stomach. It's right. just like, eh. But I will say it's still, just keep doing it. It's nice to hear. Right. And always if you see soldiers that are actively, thank them for serving. And they'll be humbled by it. So that's how you know what that reaction is. That reaction is They're not, not offended by it. Not it's offended. just, okay. and if you yep. see a Vietnam veteran, shake your hand and say welcome home. Because they were so treated unfairly and mistreated mm. Coming off the coming home was it. so. Every time mm -hmm. I see them, you know, we owe them a lot of thanks, especially World War II mm -hmm. and Korean vets. You better thank them and better know your history. Yep. And and the reason you need to know that is because if it wasn't for those guys, the greatest generation, you know, there'd be some other flags flying over our country yep. right now. That's right.
That's right. Yep. So you've had several TV experiences. Yep. And um, maybe maybe share the best of and the worst of those experiences. Um, I think all of them are. I just love them because I love adventure and I get mm -hmm. out there. And every one of them has their own. You know, I try to look for the good in all. So even some of the bad experiences are actually good. Okay. Okay. Because Let's you go learn it. a lesson from them. So some lessons learned from what you experienced. Yeah. Biggest one is you're not bigger than Mother Nature, <laughs> and Murphy's are gonna hit you on an ambush. So you always got to understand that, you know, Mother Nature has her uh, set of rules, and she's gonna do what she's gonna do, and you got to be humble by it and just be ready for it and stay flexible. Mm -hmm. uh, I kind of get the, the attitude not to be arrogant or egotistical. She's got her rules, and I'll have mine, and I'll just her and I are gonna dance, and so I go out there and. And embrace her and and in doing that she humbled me so much in the amazon i mm. went from being a very i'm an aggressive survivalist mm -hmm. i still am I, I just won't ever change but i i went from my first episode of naked afraid in tanzania where, where really god bent my knee out there mm. and almost mm. killed me mm. to being as having a second shot at it and we survived but i wanted to thrive mm -hmm. and in the amazon the only way i knew i was going to do that was embrace and get tuned into nature, connect with the primal. And so I started reaching into my Native American roots, and then with Laura Zera, who's, the, in my opinion, the best female survivalist on the planet, um, and she was very bushcrafty, very earthly, I started peeling layers off mm. to become mm -hmm. connected with the earth again. And mm. so I've been on a quest ever since. Mm. As you've watched me evolve as a survivalist, indigenous people, how they survive, how mm -hmm. the ancients survived, I've become a hybrid survival. So people say, oh, he's a military survivalist. Now I'm really a hybrid because I'm really embraced back to the primitive, back to the earth, yep. taking care of the environment. And, uh, you know, the soldier hasn't gone bush, full bush hippie yet, but he's probably, <laughs> probably got, got a little hippie going on right here. But, you know, it, 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 when you understand that and you connect in with nature, mm -hmm. then you see some really amazing things. And when I did that, it's like me and Laura were getting torched by mosquitoes. 10,000 per square foot, blow us out of our, we couldn't get any sleep. Everything we knew about mosquito defense was not working. And we just blew up, they blew us out of our shelter and they took it over. So we went and sat down next to the little Amazon tributary where we were. And we're like, geez, you know, we signed up for this. And instead of sitting there, we could just, oh, this sucks, and started whining. Right. We just sat back. Some mosquitoes, there weren't as many mosquitoes once we did that. And we were still getting bit a little bit. But all of a sudden, these, Thousands of fireflies show up out of nowhere. Hmm. Big old globes, bright like yellowish orange. I mean, that big. And when they'd land, you could see their little green lime eyes crawling when they were walking around like they were alien to me. Hmm. And in that moment of, of peacefulness and seeing that sight, I would have probably never saw anywhere else. It just calmed my soul, hmm. knowing that we were going to be okay mm -hmm. and that I had a really good partner with me and we were going to figure it out. And... Uh, that was a pretty big turning point moment, really early on in the challenge. It was like day four or so, mm -hmm. but um, I knew, and all I knew to get out of the Amazon was gonna have to trust Mother Nature for mm -hmm. a change. So speak to this area. I think you hit on something here. And Craig and I, through, throughout the previous episodes, we, we talk a lot about ego and humility a lot. Yeah. Can you just address that? Because I think uh, some people aren't, Maybe ego comes out sometimes because people aren't comfortable in their skin. They feel like they have to impress somebody. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's some hurt there. Can you maybe speak to that yeah. whole concept? Yeah, I've had ego. We've all had ego. Mm -hmm. And when you play in the ego and you let your ego become bigger than the cause or bigger than the situation, um, it can get in the way. It can mm -hmm. really stifle leadership. It can stifle progression. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you got to humble yourself. You know, I'm a big chest-beating guy, but when I got that thorn in my foot in Africa... You know, I needed Kelly's help. And that, for mm -hmm. me, was a big problem in my life because everybody in all my life never came and helped me. I couldn't count on anybody. You helped yourself. Yeah. So I had to do it my way mm -hmm. and my terms. And so that was a huge lesson for me to mm -hmm. know that I needed mm -hmm. Kelly to help me because I couldn't walk for like a day or so and let the thing heal. She had to do a lot of the burden was on her shoulders. And mm -hmm. so that really humbled me in that moment. Mm -hmm. And so I learned, you know, it's okay to ask for help. Mm -hmm. Put your ego down. It's not going to kill you. Right. And so right. I've learned to do that a lot more these days, and mm -hmm. I'm glad. So that's just my personal take and story on it. 
Yeah, that's man. This is all. This is really good. We could go on and on and on. But one thing that you had mentioned, and I think I think it was the first naked and afraid, right? Yeah. You broke the knife. You you took. Yep. Good knife. Just you know, yeah, the, may, maybe used it beyond its design rat, capacity. Rat tail on the back side of the handle. Oh, the rat tail. It. Right. Yeah. So I was I was um, batoning uh, bark shoes for us, mm -hmm. and uh, Kelly was they were tearing her feet up, just giving her blisters. So I was making wooden shoes for her. So I had one, mm -hmm. and I was making a second one, and I was beating it with my fire hardened club, and I heard kink, the pummel back end round disc broke off, and I could hear it was cracked. The leather was keeping it, the only thing keeping it together. When your only tool in a survival situation that you've got to have for 21 days breaks on day nine or 10 or whatever it was, mm -hmm. that's not a good feeling. Right. And so I came back, I tested 25, 30 different knives looking for a, a new primary carry. And I liked a lot of different things what each one did, but I couldn't find that one knife mm -hmm. for a survival tool. Out in Africa, I, you, I wish yeah. I had a buoy knife so I could chop trees with mm -hmm. and do small tasks. So I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna find this thing. I know it exists. Mm -hmm. So I, Todd Hunt. I know this quest. Yeah, Todd Hunt. <laughs> yeah, you know it. Todd Hunt makes an M18, mm -hmm. which is a crazy looking kind of a meat cleaver. So I carried that for about a year. It was a one tool option. It was it was good, but I wanted something better. I, I was a warrior. I want. I still needed a fighting knife. Mm -hmm. I wanted a modern day kind of buoy. Mm -hmm. And Todd is an artsy, crafty designer guy, and we we talked about it, but we just he had so much going on. It was just too much. Yep. I ran into Mike Fuller. He said, let's sit down and talk. At Tops. Yep, at Tops Knives. Mm -hmm. And he says, EJ, you represent the military great. I love what you're doing out there. Let's make a knife together. Yeah. And that night, great we're, sitting, we're yep. sitting there and had a napkin out there, and I drew it out and said, can you make this? And Leo Espinosa says, sure, I can make that. And voila, we had the SBK9, which was the first cut. It was all wrong. Weight was no good. And then we recut the... SXB, Skull Crusher Extreme Blade, one tool option, fighting knife. Everyone says it's a stretched out tracker. It is in the tracker class. I'm honored to have that because Tom Brown's a big influencer in me, especially with the tracking world. I had all his books and helped me get into tracking. But honestly, the tracker really didn't have a lot to do with this design. Mm -hmm. It was the M18, which you know was the main thing of it. And I took a few other knives, what I saw they had, and I've got this baby here. So after, it's a great knife, and I can do small jobs with it, did, big jobs with it. Did you take it. it in future Naked in the Face? I had the prototype for two, I don't know how long I had, I think a year. I took it on the 40-day challenge for the final test. Okay. Probably first knife ever taken out on a TV program to be okay. tested. Got back, said it killed electric eels, did great stuff, let's make it. And we produced them, we probably nice. got over 3,000 of them sold already. Nice. And you know, go to Tops Knives, www.topknives.com, you can find it, SXB. Um, and this but is new. This is a, new. This is an action hero. Yep. Every good action hero needs a good sidekick. And so, voila, the Skull Crusher Extreme Sidekick. And that's brand new for 2019, brand new. right? 2019, first release is that's right here. Cool. It's the SHOT Show. And so it's got a good handle. Uh, you can get it two ways, either with the ergonomic handle, which is really nice if you like that stuff. Unless you just want this blade for that. Um, it's a... Scaled down version of the bigger one, but you can still do all the things with that one, small jobs and everything. But the, the reason, the one I designed it for was this skeletized one. Because with this one, you got these nice holes down here and you can put, um, you know, whatever you want to wrap in there. Little so, waders, so fish there's, hooks. There's some holes in the, the skeletonization, yeah. Yep. yep, and so we wrap it with paracord. So you can take the paracord off and you've got parts on here where you can tie it to a shaft to make a spear point. So that's what I really wanted it for. So if I wanted to make a good spear point, I could have it, mm -hmm. and I want it to be functional. And it's got great weight. So you, you can get this also pretty soon at topsknives.com. So you got the SXB and the SXS. And uh, I know people have been asking for an SXB2, a scaled down version <laughs> with a seven inch blade. Uh, that's probably coming in the future, but right now this is the two we have. So, and I'm very proud of that work because it was birthed out of necessity. Mm -hmm. With blood, heart, and blood, sweat, and tears, and everything I get behind any product I back, I'll test for six months or whatever, mm -hmm. however long I need to before I put my name on it. And you can see, I got my name on that right there, baby. Yep. Oh, let's not cut the table. <laughs> Won't be good. 
Now we're going to get back. We're going to get back into a little bit more of the interview, and we're going to. Okay. Um, but first, before we do that, you threw something on the table I hadn't seen here. Okay. As far as a product go, you have this food. What what is up with this food stuff? Man? Well, you know, for me, the biggest important <laughs> things is a knife because you okay. can do everything with it, yep. shelter food and, right. and whatnot, yeah, yeah. and you can make fire. Mm-hmm. But you know, water's probably life's blood, most important purifying it. Mm-hmm. But you got to eat. You got to eat. And I just recently started getting back into hiking and backpacking okay, nice. quite a bit. And so it's, it's a love of mine. And I, I, I think a lot of backpackers and hikers out there don't have basic survival skills. So I started really wanting to get back to basic survival skills and some quality food because I'm a bit of a nutritionist. As you can mm-hmm. see, I've lost some weight. People mm-hmm. oh, we're you look good, man. It's, thanks, man. It's, it's hard work. You know, it you, you got to work out, functional fitness for life, but you got to eat good food. So <laughs> It's better to maintain, though, than yeah. have to take it off, right? <laughs> you do. So we, we designed uh, the Skull Crusher Survival brand of food. It's a it's high-quality, 25-year shelf-life dehydrated food. It's all-natural, no preservatives. And the best thing is... When you want some punch, because you're going to have to say you're hiking, you're out surviving, there's a Mm -hmm. hurricane comes through. I made this not just for survival, but for natural disasters, for the backpacker. Good food that you can take that when you put it in your body, you're going to get somewhere. It's got all uh, animal protein. The others all use vegetable protein. Mm -hmm. Animal protein. So So better ingredients. Better ingredients, more punch, more pack. Right there, that baby will get you going. Where they can only serve maybe four people, they say, yeah. which really is less. Mine does five. You know, and they've got so, twelve so, different flavors. So are like, you saying? So this is a pack. I'm gonna let's just describe it for okay. the people that are listening. I'm gonna say it's probably eight inch, eight, eight inch pack by maybe uh, four, four and a half, five, yeah. and you know a few inches wide. So this is a one person portion here. That has five servings in it. It's five servings. It takes ten to fifteen minutes to boil it up. And so everybody, and the reason we went with like a stew okay. situation is because you get everything in one sitting. It's, it's, it's so it's easy. easy. It's easy. So you it's make a pot of it. Yeah, you dip your cup in there. Right. You're getting everything you need in one cup of food to keep you going. I would like all to the test right this calories. Out. Can you get me some of this we're stuff? Gonna, we're gonna we're gonna get you two today. Okay. The vegetable <laughs> beef stew and the Southwest chicken stew <laughs> is one of the fa- real favorites there. Okay. Um, you can see they all have a little different weight based on some of what's in there, oh, but yeah, not yeah. too off. That's that Southwest chicken stew we're, is a little bit We're going to be having there. jerky and nice. all other things to come, but nice. right now we're starting with about 12, 12 basic brands. Okay. And you can go to Mixes Lady at yahoo.com, email her for information. Mixes Lady, okay. Yeah, because she's, uh, her, her name's Terry Weisenhut. I met her at a, uh, a survival show up in Raleigh. Nice. And nice. we've been trying to do something ever since, and now we're there. And... She, like again, mixes lady at yahoo.com and she will get you any information you need. You want to be a distributor, we're looking for distributors, but we're going to have it available on the website and you can order as much cool. as you want. And they're going to come in 72 hour buckets and 96 oh, hour crates. Dude, that's fantastic. At a great price. I can't wait to try So you this put out. the bucket on the shelf, here comes the hurricane, break out the chicken beef stew, yeah! <laughs> nice. Okay. So, what do you have coming up? You talked about this. Boy, you showed me. Okay, so, so we're, we're like, we're here at SHOT Show right now, yep, yep. and we are just running. So, any break we get, we're, we're trying to fix things. Yeah. Social media, get people are pinging us all around, right? But he stopped that, and we were late even starting this interview, because he was like, David, you got you to gotta check this out. Yeah. So, he showed me the uh, trailer uh, teaser clip for this upcoming show. Yep. I know that's coming up. Uh, do you want to talk about that a little bit? Absolutely. And anything else you have coming up All right. so the guys can so follow that? So about a year ago, I, went, I got called by my friend Ed Stafford. We're, we're, mm-hmm. we're, we've, with social media, we communicate a lot. Uh, and he says, hey, I'm going to race some survivalists, and I want you to be the first one. He's going to race. Okay, so, so he okay, is nice. the guy, and yep. he's racing six different survivalists. Can you tell people a little bit about Ed? Uh, Ed is an amazing guy. Yeah, Ed Stafford's a, a British guy. He's a, from the UK. He solo walked the Amazon. Had a partner for, I think, the first two months, and he, that person had to leave. Picked up a few guides along the way, and then he picked up one guy that helped him the rest of the way. And he fil- self-filmed it, wrote a book about it, and he's an unbelievable, you know, a bit crazy guy. But he's a former uh, Army uh, soldier in the British Army. He was a captain, and he's done this show called uh, uh, Cast or uh, what was it, uh, Naked Castaway. Uh, he did sixty days on a Fijian island. Okay, yeah, completely naked, no tools, 
And then he went on to do a show called Marooned, and then he did Left for Dead. So now we're doing Fresh Men Out. And so we got some great people. This is going to be on what channel? It's going to be on Discovery Channel. Okay. It's international. It's going to be on the U.S. Oh, nice. The first episode airs January 31st. It looked really fun and exciting. 10 o'clock on Discovery. Okay. You've got some powerhouses from the, from the U.K. You've got Aldo Kane, mm -hmm. world-renowned uh, world uh, mountain climber, adventurer. Uh, you've got uh, John Hudson from Dude mm -hmm. You Screwed. Uh, he's the chief survival instructor at the British Army Survival School. Very capable guy, good friend. Uh, all these guys are friends. You got Matt. And I got Matt picked up to be there, Matt Graham. You got Cat Bigney, and you got, um, uh, there's a guy from South Korea, Ken, who's mm -hmm. a ex-Special Forces guy, and then you got me. And so I filmed the first episode, I think, but my episode's going to be episode four. So, so the, the, the hook of this is that it's two men, it's yep. Ed, and somebody else, which yep. is you in the first episode, and you're racing yeah. against each other? Yeah. And so I'll be episode four for programming. Okay, programming. I'm in the Thailand episode. And so they drop you off at the start point. And my race was some 60 kilometers over about five days. <laughs> and you go. You're by yourself. Like in the jungle? You, Thailand yeah, jungle? You, Thailand jungle up in the uh, Changdao nice. mountain range up in the north. So you start up in the high mountain. And the end point was a dam. So you had to get down into the river basin. And there was a lot of mountains in between. And it is action-packed, filmed in 4K. First show of its kind, like a docu-series or survival show, to be in 4K, so it's like an action movie. Had great drone shots, and they follow you the whole way. The camera guy is part of the action. He's running right with you, so they got some really fit kids that are running with us. That's cool. And then poor Sam, he's the brunt of my aggression. I'm like, Sam, where are you at? Get up here, man. What are you doing? I thought you were a triathlete. And, you know, I was not in the best shape of my life going in there. I'll admit that. But when I came out the you other end. You did that. You did that right before SHOT Show last year. And yeah, you came back skinny, dude. Yeah, I lost. I was about embarrassingly, you know, I hurt my back. Wasn't getting to the gym right. Was not eating my proper diet. Mm -hmm. And was, you know, it was just... It was about 280, and I got the call, and you can see in five weeks, I'm like, what? Started working out, lost a few pounds before I got out there. Maybe it was 275 when I hit the ground. And uh, by the time I left that, and we were in a village and eating before we got to filming, so we were doing a lot of prep days. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't, my diet was clean. And right. I like a clean nutritional diet. It makes you feel better. You yep. get cleansed. And I'm a big dude. Yeah, you are a big and dude. everybody's eating off the same pots. So I'm... You know, everyone eat first because I'm an old soldier, star major, the first yep. round, eat last. As soon as I eat last. <laughs> so everybody goes like, no, no, you got to go. You're the host. No, 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 eat. And then I start figuring out, I'm not getting any portions because everybody else grabbing everything. And I'm going to be running for five days. And I was like, ah, I better start eating. And Ed was on a keto diet. Okay. Doing that thing. So I, 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 it's not a, the way I recommend you lose weight. Get a good diet, exercise. Don't go through the Thailand jungle running, racing. So Ed, what weight did you come back at? Uh, 240. Wow. Wow, okay. And I'm known for dropping some weight because my, I just sweat. Yep. And when I get active, I lose weight relatively quickly. Yep. Um, I mean, I've kept it off, though. I've changed my diet for every day. Um, I've got, you know, I've watched what I was eating. I went functional fitness, started doing some yoga. Um, and just don't go in the gym, try to lift the house anymore. I, right. My body building right, right, right. days of 280 are gone. Right, right. Yep. So, totally so that's the next show coming out. My episode airs uh, February 21st. Oh, nice. Good. February uh, 21st uh, yeah. on the Discovery Channel. Discovery Channel, Channel 10 o'clock. Anything else notable you want the guys should know about coming um, up? Got some stuff in the works, okay. uh, product lines of some other things. We're still trying yes, to figure that out. You're killing it, dude. You're killing uh, it. You know, uh, I've still got my some of my regular sponsors like Cryptech and Oakley that have been back at me, Rogue American Apparel. Nice. Um, but we're making some adjustments, so those will be announced later in the year. I do motivational speaking, so go to my website, ejsnyder.com. That's Snyder with a Y, like the pretzel, not, not any way else. Yep. Contact me there on reasonable rates. I'm traveling for survival training. Last year I was in the UK teaching kids survival. I'm going back this year, hopefully. Just got an email this morning to go to Italy and teach survival classes there. So I'm pretty excited about all these things coming up. Um, I do appearances at events. I'm very reasonable, so hey, call me. <laughs> and uh, I'm working on a book. So we got a lot of things going on. I write for Knives Illustrated. I'm just running and gunning. And I'm in the hopper for five different programs, and I'm hoping one of those things nice. flurry to the top, but I, I can't so talk about them other than the one show, because it's mine. I hope so. That, you're a great guy, I really appreciate, I appreciate our relationship. But before we go, 
We've got three bonus questions. Oh, here okay. we go. Here we go. And these are questions everyone wants to know. Um, oh, to boy. get the answers to the, these questions, you got to go over to Patreon. Is this, these, where I, is this where I go? Yeah. The Survival Show podcast and subscribe over there to get EJ's answers to these. But here's the questions. Ready for this? I'm ready. Okay. If you could only take one thing with you in an urban survival situation, what would you take? Okay. That's very good. That's a very good question. I I got a good one for that. Okay. Next one. And I think everybody really wants to know this. What in the world do the initials EJ stand for? <laughs> and is there a story there? I hear it all the time. Yes. There's a very actually interesting story to that. Okay. And number three is, you ready for this? Yeah. What was your most embarrassing moment from Naked and Afraid? <laughs> that, that we don't know about. <laughs> Oh, boy, yeah. <laughs> okay, so if you guys want to hear EJ's answers to these questions, go over to patreon.com, The Survival Show, or you can actually just go ahead and go Jeez. to thesurvivalshow.com. So, EJ, thanks for being with me, man. Awesome, I man. really it's appreciate great. it. I really appreciate our friendship, and best of luck with the, with the podcast. Thanks for having me on. And you guys, check me out, ejsnyder.com, at Twitter. <laughs> you go at ejsnyder333 and Instagram. EJ Skullcrusher tonight on Facebook. Come on, check me out there. Join the Skullcrusher Nation. Yeah! <laughs> you told me to stay quiet through this episode. That was very difficult. <laughs> hey guys, well, I hope you enjoyed this interview as much as I did. Now, if you want to hear EJ's answers to the bonus questions at the end of the interview, especially his most embarrassing moment on Naked and Afraid, go over to thesurvivalshow.com and sign up to access not only EJ's answers, but a ton of other exclusive backer content, including the show notes for this and all of our weekly featured podcasts. And go thank EJ for joining us on the podcast over at EJ Skullcrusher Snyder on Facebook or EJSnyder.com, or you can go check out his new line of gear and survival food over at MRENation.com. Now, if you guys want us to continue bringing in Tier 1 guests, we all need to give back a little and make it a win-win for everyone. So go search out EJ and show him how much you appreciate what he's doing. All right, so Craig and I and producer Ben will be back together real soon. In fact, in fact, we have some podcasts scheduled for this week, I just found out. And I promise we're going to smash the mailbag and get back to some of your favorite midweek special podcasts like The Story, Break It Down, and Thumbs Up, Thumbs Down. And we will be bringing in more of the best guests on the planet, including Dave Canterbury and Survivor Man, Les Stroud. Coming soon. You don't want to miss that. And one last thing I'm super stoked about. We've had a lot of you guys asking how you can support what Craig and I are doing here in the podcast, on YouTube, and social media. But you hate Patreon. So we are listening to you guys and have a solution coming real soon. Stand by for that. Now, before you head out, go ahead and smash the subscribe button. And please, please, please go over to Apple Podcasts or iTunes and give us a five-star rating and a great review. It really helps us get found and grow. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. And remember, keep it simple, be positive, and stay sharp. <laughs>